This is Channel 253. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is the We Art Tacoma podcast. Welcome back to another episode of We Art Tacoma. I'm your host, Eric Hanberg. I'm producer Doug. Become a member of Channel 253, $4 a month or $40 a year. Thanks for slipping that in because mm-hmm. I forgot to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank And thank you, everyone, for making this your favorite Tacoma Arts podcast of choice. We know you have a <laughs> choice when it comes to arts <laughs> podcasts about Tacoma. There's many to choose from. Thank you for choosing this one. Today's guest is Michael Lang of uh, SpaceWorks Tacoma. And he's on the show because so many people have mentioned SpaceWorks when they want to give a shout out to an organization uh, who's doing good work in the community that we figured it was finally time to have someone from SpaceWorks on. So uh, let's hear what uh, they're doing and a little bit about Michael's background uh, in the woods uh, of the North Cascades before he came to Tacoma. All right, we are here uh, for another episode of We Art Tacoma, and my guest today is Michael Lang, uh, Director of SpaceWorks Tacoma. Welcome to the podcast, Michael. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to talk to you because many episodes, when I remember, I ask people, you know, who do you want to give a shout out to? Who's doing really good work in Tacoma? And a bunch of people have said, SpaceWorks. And it seemed like after that many people, the writing was on the wall, and I should just get SpaceWorks in to talk about how great SpaceWorks is, <laughs> uh, and, and which I agree with as well, because uh, my wife and I went through SpaceWorks right. in like 2015, I think. Yeah, we've. I think we have over 150 different businesses that have gone through our training programs. That's really cool. Um, so to have this strong alumni base in Tacoma, and you know, I was just driving over yeah. here, and I feel like I passed two of our uh, two of our clients. Uh, um, Tacoma Akikai. Um, right, also, on 12th. Yep, and then also Birdloft as well. So Also on 12th. Also on 12th. I yep. know how you got here. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but before we get into sure. how great SpaceWorks is, um, tell me about yourself, because you're new to Tacoma, right? I am. When did you move to Tacoma? My partner and I moved to Tacoma last July, so been here about 11 months now. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I came out to the Pacific Northwest, though, when I was in college. So I grew up in Michigan, went to school in Michigan. Um, but like most people in the flatlands in the Midwest, I had a love for the West Coast. Um, a I lot think, of people on the West Coast have a love for the West Coast, too. It's not I just in the was, Midwest. And I think it was real world Seattle that oh. first put the Northwest on my radar. <laughs> um, but then I was able to come out here and spent my summers working for the National Park Service. So I was an awesome. intern at uh, North Cascades National Park. And so my first num- summer at age 19 um, was living in a cabin on Lake Chelan in Stahican, Washington. Stahican, uh, for those who don't know, if you go to Chelan, then you have to get on a three-hour boat ride that's right. yes. and go the entire length of the lake to get to Stahican. Exactly. And that's where you were for a summer. Yep. So imagine you know, this impressionable young kid um, from the Midwest just falling in love with uh, 
um, with Washington State. And I feel like places have um, personalities, and you can fall in love with the place in the same way they can fall in love with the person. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, my personality in the Northwest just really um, melded. And so I, every summer during college, I worked for the National Park Service, North Cascades. And then when I uh, graduated from art school, I had a job lined up with the National Park Service. So I lived in Bellingham for three years. Wow. Um, and then bounced around to Philadelphia, Los Angeles, all with the National Park Service. And then finally kind of found my way back home. Uh, home being not Michigan in this case. That but, is correct. But yes. the, North, <laughs> the, the, pla- the place that you fell in love with. Yes. 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 I am... Um, I want to delve into this for a second yeah. because so so North Cascades National Park mm-hmm. is not like Yellowstone or Yosemite where you can just drive into the park. If Correct. I understand, it's kind of it's a hard one to get to. Can you kind of map out where it is in the state? Sure, uh, it is um, on the border of Canada, um, so Highway 20 goes through it. And uh, the park is actually a collection of recreation areas. So North Cascades National Park, Lake Chelan National Recreation Area, Ross Lake National Recreation Area. Okay. Um, And it is, I think it's the least visited national park outside of Alaska. Um, It's got more glaciers than... um, Glacier National Park. I was going to say that. I'm, I'm hoping you're going right. to say that. I'm pulling it, out all these superlatives. Like, yeah, as, yeah, as a, yeah, as a yeah. former park ranger, you always sit, have a back pocket full of right. the best of, of these places. Uh, but yes, it is very, very remote. And I share that because um, one of the things that I quickly realized about national parks, um, a lot of the conversation as we approach the 100th anniversary of national parks was about how do we make sure that parks are relevant to all Americans? And how do you make parks more accessible and a place like North Cascades, which really kind of caters towards um, the mountaineering community, how do you make sure it's relevant to people in Seattle? Yeah. I think you talk about things like... Or Tacoma. Or Tacoma, right? And so you can talk about maybe the connection to um, uh, hydroelectric power. That like I think it was like 20% of Seattle's power comes from the dams and the, um, sure. the North Cascades, which were filled by the glaciers in the park. So like those types of connections. Yeah. But, yeah. Now you're going to get me go down a whole rabbit hole. No, I, well, park, so I would love to I go down that rabbit that, hole. I, I'm on the park board, so I, I love the park's rabbit <laughs> right, hole. Right. But tell me about um, how, in your head, uh, summers with the park service sure. work with art school. Because it seems like like intuitively it might be like biologist or zoologist, right. like as, like that there's some natural thing there, but it's not as intuitive. So connect those for yeah. me. Yeah. I, I think as a creative person, I've always found inspiration by nature, um, the patterns that one finds. And I mean, you stand at the edge of a, um, you stand on top of a mountain and you look out across that landscape and everything just like clicks, everything makes sense. And I always felt like that need to like kind of capture those memories or those feelings somehow. Um, so yeah, I, for, for as long as I can remember, just going out into gardens, into parks, into wild spaces, I always felt like my mind was open enough yeah. to like let those kind of creative feelings kind of come up. And my my second summer um, at North Cascades, I proposed an independent study with a professor in, in art school, and and he um, he said, "All right, do whatever you want." Um, and I really kind of just sat there for like a good month. It was the first time I had like that ultimate creative freedom. Right. right? It was an assignment that was given by a professor. Um, and and ultimately I ended up doing these like sculptural assemblages, very like Andy Goldsworthy type um, or, or Japanese flower arrangements. Like that's ultimately what I created. Um, but yeah, for me, so that the intersection between art school and park ranger was ultimately about um, inspiration, where I found inspiration. Now, I had a really good supervisor who saw the creative talent, the more practical stuff, which is like 
um, publication design, uh, doing signage, doing waysides, doing the website and social media. Right. And so he's like, oh, I can take this art school grad and have him help us with our science communications, our marketing, our publicity. Um, so even though I have a background where as like an illustrator is probably how I would identify, um, most of my creative work within the National Park Service was uh, more traditional graphic design. Mm-hmm. So you did some social media as well. That's correct. The, and this yeah. is the early days okay. of social media. So you weren't around when the National Park Service retweeted the picture of Obama's inauguration <laughs> and Trump's inauguration and got everyone really mad that, that well, not everyone, but... <laughs> I was I was still working for the Park Service oh, okay. when that happened, yes. <laughs> okay. But were you the person who pressed retweet? retweet? I was not, no. Okay, no, that would have been pretty cool. For that. Yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, so you went to Bellingham and then mm-hmm. eventually came to Tacoma for space work. That's correct. How did you find Tacoma when you when you got here? Like, what what were your impressions? Well, actually, I had friends in Tacoma that I would visit prior to me finally moving here. So I think my defining memories of Tacoma in the early two thousands was the construction on I five, which feels like it's still ongoing. Oh yeah. Um, and then uh, driving up uh, Ruston Way, so just being just overwhelmed with the mountain and the parks and access to the water. So I always had a, a fondness. And my friend who lived down here, um, her husband used to work for UPS, and she was always telling me about like these amazing restaurants, these amazing places to go. And I don't think I fully quite got that until I finally moved here and uh, just saw how amazing this city is. And it's um, it was Love at first sight is really um, yeah. an overstatement or a, a hyperbole, but um, my partner and I, we just absolutely love everything about this place. Um, I think maybe a telling statistic is that I think during our first, okay, we've been here almost a year. We've been to Seattle once, right? <laughs> that is a, quite a statistic. Right. There's nothing, there's, there was no reason really to go up there. Everything that we need is here. And I think I heard in one of your um, previous podcasts that um, uh, Tacoma is a place that's small enough to make a difference, but big enough where it matters. matters. And that, and when I heard that, that TM. clicked. Yeah. <laughs> that made sense. That made sense to me. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a great size for that. I'm I'm impressed that someone mentioned you know hey come to Tacoma for the restaurants because right. not that long ago you would not have yeah said that we used to have like one of everything right and now we have like two of everything and now I wonder like did I miss out on a part of like Tacoma's history like I'm I'm able to kind of step into it at this really exciting time. And to benefit, and I sometimes I think about that with SpaceWorks. I'm, I've inherited a really great program mm. that that Heather put together, um, and uh, and so I get to kind of just like take a leap. I get to carry carry that momentum forward. Um, but I also want to recognize all the hard work that came before me. That's a really interesting comment. I have been working. I mean, I, I was born in Tacoma, right. went away to college to Minnesota, actually. So mm. I went to the Midwest. Uh, you I, didn't fall in love with the Midwest. I thought, and I'm going back <laughs> next week. I love the Midwest. Oh, good. good. But then I would would um, I'd like fly home and I'd see the Puget Sound and Mount Rainier, and I'm like, yeah, I'm coming back eventually. Right. Like right. it was pretty clear. So like oh two, I came back. Tacoma was a changed place between ninety eight and oh two. Um, and so I, in some ways now I see like how early that was hmm. where like it was really like two steps forward, one step back. Right. Like, right. like every business in downtown Tacoma was, was so perilously like clutching to being, to, to existence that like paving the street would shut down half of the businesses. Right. Like, like, right. like it was really, there was one merchant who I knew cause I worked with a little bit with the downtown merchants group at the sure. time. 
And I went into her like late September, and she's like, "I haven't had a sale all month." Well, yeah. I mean, like, like that's that's not a business. I mean, and it's a hard, yeah. So we were we were very very scrappy at that yeah. time. What do you think pushed everyone forward? Uh, that's because really like, you're on this this knife's edge between like success and failure, and that's kind right. of that exhilarating feeling. It doesn't. It's not sustainable, and maybe it's not a good right. feeling to have I, all the time. But I mean, I I think you have to point to the the success of the museum district. Yeah. The the you know the um o one or o two opening of the museum in glass, followed by the o three opening of the Tacoma yeah. Arts Museum, that helped a lot. The link helped a lot, at least. And I'm I am thinking downtown focused, but um. But that is actually where SpaceWorks come in, is mm-hmm. because then you know you have this situation where all these businesses are just hurting, 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 yeah. and then you have like you know a global financial panic recession <laughs> yes, thing right, right. on top of all of the whatever local things are happening. Yeah. Um, so so coming out of it, I mean, I mean, coming out of it, you have a lot of local factors, and then you also have Amazon, which fueled right. Seattle's growth, which fueled our growth. Yep. So I, yep. some of these are definitely external. Um, but I don't think that all of it is, and I definitely yeah. don't think that the resilience of the small businesses that we have um, would be as strong without SpaceWorks, which is a good time to like transition sure. into, Great. into SpaceWorks. So <laughs> um, can you tell me, uh, based on, on your understanding, what, what caused SpaceWorks to start however many years ago? Yeah, it, I think you're absolutely right that it's the recession. We were born out of the recession. And and now it's like it's lore in terms of how it's been told to me. It's it's both lore in terms of how it's been told to me from the longtime supporters of SpaceWorks, and then also like the administrative forensic work that I've done with all the paperwork. Oh yeah, <laughs> right, all the files. And um, when I was the director of the Grand, we had a list of like the founding members. Yes, and it was a very small list. And then way more people were like, "I was a founding member. Right, I was a founding right. member." I'm like, "Oh and, yeah, and of course, that, right? of course you were. Like, yeah, y- yeah. you're not on the list, but I, I don't care. You don't, you know, like, yeah." There, there, there are many, many um, people that birthed SpaceWorks. Exactly. And we look at people like um, Amy McBride, of course, yep. and Heather and Rebecca Silverson and um, and and David Trudell at the chamber. And so in my mind, I feel like I see um, the vacant windows, the vacant storefronts um, downtown as being that spark mm-hmm. um, and needing to kind of fill those and activate those in, in any way possible. It could be art installations yep. or it could be new businesses. Yep. And um, the businesses that would go in there um, were these kind of pop-up type experiences. And I kind of say it's like it's like giving people keys to a car, but not really teaching them how to drive the car. Yes. Um, so um, the businesses wouldn't necessarily succeed in those spaces, or if rent would go up, they wouldn't be able to compete for that rent. So that's where you start to see a shift towards an incubator program or a business training program. Well, in that early goal, there wasn't even that. It was just yeah. like, if, if they're there for three months, that's great, because we just wanted something Anything. to be happening. So it, it wasn't trying to teach business. It was just trying to like have a sign in a window. Correct. You know? and, and if you look at our, our former motto, um, from vacancy to vitality, mm. it was about that revitalization of kind of um, unused urban spaces or um, uh, depressed urban spaces. And and then if you look at our new motto, cultivating creative community, nice. you know that really acknowledges that we've that we are um, a, a force or a supporter of the creative economy here in Tacoma. And I really look at the entrepreneurs that go through our business training as being at the forefront of that. So now we're pretty much known for our 12-week training program. It's a business uh, planning cohort. And we accept um, up to 15 businesses each cohort that go through this 12-week training class. And they learn all how to do marketing, how to promote themselves, how to uh, figure out the cost of their goods, how to write a business plan. Um, and, and, 
and get, then there's they can launch a business after that point or not. And or, this, this yes. is the thing that I think is is <laughs> un, un, unsaid or undersaid about right, SpaceWorks right. is the people who are saved because of SpaceWorks because they don't start their business yeah. like I did in 2006 right. when I had a home equity line of credit yes. and used it for a business that did not last very long. Um, those kinds of things, SpaceWorks helps people. To right. to pre- say oh you know oh shit yes yeah. I I I shouldn't do this yet maybe um, and that's a, that's so vital absolutely and and you are in a very space, safe space to fail right yeah. I think that cohort model where you have these really trusted relationships or pivot what, or, or pivot oh we've had many people that have changed their businesses yep. you know partway through that training program and um, uh, but you're right like if if it if they end up not pursuing it. It's twelve weeks out of their um, out of their time. It's a two hundred dollar um, fee, right. course fee, and that even that is on a sliding scale. So, um, yeah, you're, I would rather someone invest or lose two hundred dollars in twelve weeks of the time than two years and their right their home equity line of credit. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, we're going to take a break, and then when we come back, I want to hear more about uh, SpaceWorks and what's coming up for uh, the organization. Stick around. This is Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan MVP, Nate Bowling, host of the Channel 253 sister podcast, Nerd Farmer. Hope and I are setting off on a new adventure. We're moving to the Middle East for the next few years and exploring a new culture. Don't worry, don't worry, the Nerd Farmer podcast isn't going anywhere. But do you know what is coming with us? My Alaska Airlines Mileage Plan. Here's what's cool. Alaska has more than 15 global partners, which allows me to earn and use Alaska miles even when I'm not flying Alaska. So if I leave SeaTac and fly direct to Dubai on Emirates on an eligible fare, I'm going to earn Alaska miles on that flight. That means whenever I fly home, I'm going to be racking up some insane miles that I can use to book future travel. If you have an international vacation plan, check out the list of Alaska airline partners like Japan Airlines, British Airways, Cathay Pacific, Qantas, and a whole lot more. Enter your Alaska Airlines mileage plan number when you book with Alaska Global Partners and watch those miles add up toward elite status on your next trip. My thanks to Alaska Airlines for their continued support of Channel 253. Learn more at alaskaair.com backslash global partners. And we are back with Michael Ling of SpaceWorks. So you told a little bit about um, some of the programs, and I think it's just worth calling out mm-hmm. um, some of the businesses that have gone through SpaceWorks. That people may not know um, that they went through SpaceWorks or just like those businesses exist. And the ones that we've had on the podcast that I can think of so far, um, you know, we had Birdloft, which uh, makes amazingly beautiful mm-hmm. furniture uh, on 12th Street. Um, and I'm curious what else you want to give a shout out to. I know that you have hundreds, right. and, and if you don't mention them, they're going to be really upset. So, right. <laughs> so it's it's on me for just having you to call out one or two. Sure, sure. Not, not on you. Well, I think some of our, our – uh... Some that come off the top of my uh, my tongue are you got Tinkertopia, yes, uh, Stocklist, um, and Tinkertopia it, was an early one, they, very you much know, so, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Fab Five up on Hilltop, Spun mm-hmm. Clay Studio, Tease Chocolate, um, great chocolate that's in Stadium oh, so for good. those who are listening, right? <laughs> Many of my family members have received Tease chocolates, <laughs> yes. Um, and then we have some new ones that are coming up, which is really exciting. We have. Uh, Chow Town. So this is from our most recent cohort. They are um, uh, Devin Long and Kirsi Kolkoven. Uh, they came to one of our workshops in the fall with just an idea. 
they pitched the idea for our business planning cohort this past spring. Um, and it is a, a food truck collective. Okay. And they, uh, we help them find space at the James Center. So working with Tacoma Housing Authority. Yeah, yeah. Which and owns the James Center. Uh, that's correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're doing some uh, redevelopment. And, you know, before they build the construction, uh, build the new buildings, you know, they have vacant lots. And that is exactly what Devin and Chrissy were looking for. So they will be having their pop-up event, I think, on July 11th. Um, and they are bringing in food trucks and uh, um, kind of a beer garden type atmosphere. And, you know, kind of just cracking that nut of like, why don't we have more food trucks here in Tacoma? Um, yeah. So anyway, so that's that's one that I'm that's I'm really excited about. That's great. And I think that that's a really good example for, for those who are listening that Spaceworks started with um, almost arts Correct. business training, but expanded toward a variety of different kinds of businesses sometimes or usually with a creative yeah. a creative element but all business has in some way a creative element yeah. when it really comes down to it i was thinking about like how do i explain like the what a creative entrepreneur or creative enterprise looks like and you know if you look at our most recent cohorts sometimes i just like list off the different types of job titles so yeah. we've had someone that was a former Cirque du Soleil performer that's doing a circus school here cool we have a, uh, an architect we have a um, someone that's doing 3d printed speakers a cartoonist um, uh, a food writer um, a disability advocate um, so really people kind of self-identify if they are a creative or not yeah another way you can think about it is um, uh, do they get some sort of self-satisfaction out of the creative process, right? So you think about like creatives as makers. So uh, a painter, a photographer, a filmmaker, right? There's some level of um, uh, uh, scratching your creative itch, yeah. right? You're putting something out in, out into the world. Yep. It's not just for profit, right? It's right. for for personal satisfaction. And then another thing, another way you could define creative businesses are maybe being on the outside on the, on the fringes of traditional um, uh, of traditional sectors or traditional um, businesses so you look at the um, the food truck example so um, you know a restaurant is like a quote-unquote traditional establishment and then a food truck is a more mobile one um, but and there's so much creativity in what goes into that exactly yeah yeah yeah. So I think that that's one of the great things about Spaceworks is is that it's it's arts, but it's also that maker space, mm-hmm. but the business that helps all of that exist. Right. Um, and I feel like in five years, like something, one of these businesses is just going to pop in some way that, that no one expects. No one saw that one coming. And right. suddenly, you know, we've got this, you know, big, not a giant corporation because we don't necessarily need a giant corporation, right. but like, you know, some, you know, a real employer. Yeah. And and some of these businesses are employers. I right, mean, right. I went through um, when Mary and I were through and I, and I am very apologetic that I cannot remember her name, but she, uh, she has a massive like greeting card printing business with letterpress. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor Cox, who was on, she was the, mm-hmm. she was one of the printers right, who works right. full time. Um, like these kinds of things are, are their employers now. Yeah. It's not just, you know, uh, someone who's, who's, you know, a freelancer who's trying to grow, although that's fine, but you know, right. like it's 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 employers. Well, and that's interesting that you we're talking about like what does success look like for a creative entrepreneur? And I think for many of them, if you look at the scale of it, they don't necessarily want to have a, you know, uh, uh, to franchise or have like you know big, you know, like a big you know hundred person company. Some some may, and that's and that's great. And I do feel like where we've really kind of. Um, where we succeed is supporting that what we call like micro enterprises or like five employees or less, and um, 
And and so we've been working with businesses in that launch phase. And now that we have you know five six years of incubator alumni, um, now they're at points like 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 Liz um, uh, Van Dyke at Stockalist. She is hiring people, yeah, and uh, she went on vacation recently. So those measures of success—it's not just like getting your first brick and mortar. It's like hiring your first employee, um, going on vacation, yes, um, having a while your business still, still survives. Exactly, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. That the business stays open. Yeah. So um, we are realizing that we need to kind of adapt some of our training to support those alumni as they grow. So should SpaceWorks. So sure. that's why I see um, some. We have new workshops. We have a monthly alumni discussion group. Um, and that's really, and I, I should, I, I should definitely be crediting um, Gwen Cole, our She's incubator great. coordinator, um, for a lot of this work. Yeah, she she does really good work. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you see? You said you know SpaceWorks is going to grow as the as the businesses grow. Right. Where else do you see SpaceWorks growing and changing in the next few years? I think we have to um, be present in other business districts. Um, we've primarily been in downtown and hilltop, um, and that's in part because of where funding opportunities are. Um, that's in response to, like with Hilltop, um, uh, a need from that community because of um, just being to help uh, be a buffer against displacement um, and, and just really changing market forces or market um, markets up there. So I think being in different uh, business districts is really important. I think we need to figure out how to scale up because I mentioned we do 15 businesses each each cohort and we do two cohorts a year yep. but we know that there's more of a need for it yeah um, so I think that could be that could be another area that we um, that we scale yeah absolutely is there any um, anything that's coming up the that, that spaceworks is hosting or doing that you want to give a shout out to or plug yeah I mean well we always have our, our gallery and we should also we, we have a whole a- art, absolutely Artscapes program, a, whole, right? a whole other thing that we, <laughs> yeah. we barely touched yeah, on. Right. So the incubator is one of our four program areas we also have our co-working program our artscapes program and we take on kind of special projects these different kind of contracts contracted work um, but we do have uh, neon which is our big art party and this year it's gonna be on um, August 17th um, from uh, 7 p.m. to midnight at Normana Hall. Um, and that's up on the hilltop, That's right? on the hilltop. That's yeah. correct. Yep. Yeah. And that uh, fundraiser is, uh, as you said, art-themed. So there's ac- art activities, if I recall, from previous events. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And this year, we actually split up our fundraiser. So we did Cache, uh, which was this past May, which was very successful. We Good. raised $50,000. We're wow, really congrats. happy with that. Um, and because uh, that was a more traditional fundraiser, the sit-down dinner presentation you know, of a program of speakers, um, that relieved some of the pressure. So we do want to make um, Neon in August a little bit more affordable, accessible, family-friendly. Um, so it, that is really the community building. And we really yeah. hope that anyone that is involved in the arts or entrepreneurship that is a longtime Spaceworks supporter or a first-time uh, Spaceworks lover, that, that they would show up for that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I'm going to ask you the question that I've asked people who have sat in this chair before you. Yeah. Who is doing really great work in the city of Tacoma? Could be an organization, could be a person, but mm-hmm. someone that you just really think uh, deserves a, a gold star, gives, deserves a shout out for, for what they're doing in our arts community. Yeah. I mean, uh, I know. And Chris- you can't say space works. Right. I just want to <laughs> just throw that out there. That answer's been taken. Yeah. Uh, I'll say an individual and then a, an institution. Okay? Excellent. So Chris Jordan, uh, who's I know you've interviewed. Absolutely. His He's name great. comes up all the time. I worked with him on the uh, Links to Opportunity project. We did community, creative community engagement this past fall, um, getting feedback for Sound Transit about the streetscape and using uh, creatives, uh, local creatives, to um, get feedback from the community about what they wanted those sidewalks to look like. And 
you know, I worked with Chris on my my third day on the job. And if you forgive a nature-based metaphor um, or a simile, um, <laughs> uh, you know when baby geese or ducklings impress on the first thing that they see when they're born? Yes. And they follow that thing for the rest of their life? Yes. I feel like I impressed on Chris Jordan. That's great. And his wisdom and perspective and, um, and uh, commitment to equity and challenging and disrupting systems of racism within uh, traditional institutions, like that has been, um, I feel like I sit with Chris in the back of my mind all the time. So I just want to give a shout out to him. Yeah, that's great. Um, institution, I would say um, Tacoma Housing Authority. Mm. I've been super impressed with um, what they are doing. We've worked with them a little bit on some of the new buildings that are being designed on the hilltop, working with them, of course, um, at the James Center with um, placing Chowtown. And I've just been um, really impressed with their willingness to do community engagement and to design those buildings and those spaces in non-traditional ways. Um, and the staff is amazing. Like every interaction I've had with their employees um, has been inspiring. There's a commitment to the community um, rooted in public service. And so yeah. I don't know I just feel like my personal values align with with how they express their values. Yeah, that's pretty great. Uh, if people want to learn more about Spaceworks and you, where can they find you on the Internet? Yeah, uh, SpaceworksTacoma.com. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, and you? Uh, at Michael T. Lang. At the various uh, social media. All the socials. Yeah, all the socials. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you, Michael T. Lane, for being on the uh, on the show. It's really appreciated. And uh, we appreciate everything that Spaceworks is doing for the community. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Yeah, Great talking with you. Channel 253 is sponsored by Alaska Airlines. I'm Nate Bowling, and I fly Alaska. To book your next trip, go to alaskaair.com. This is Channel 253.